A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. You're tuned into the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest has short and flash fiction that is either featured or upcoming in Light Lit One, The Drabble, Bewildering Stories, Teleport Magazine, and Rogue Blades Entertainment Omnibus, as you wish. She wears a ton of hats, including being a mother, wife, engineer, United States Air Force veteran, reservist, four-time All-American fencer, 100-mile ultra-marathoner, triathlete, world traveler, reader, super nerd. She lives in Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, Haley Reese Chow. Haley, what is going on? Thank you for joining us. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So you got you got a lot of a lot of hats. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, uh, let's dive into some of those. So um, you live in Florida with your family, uh, two boys and your husband. That's right. Yes, I got How, a one year old and three year old. Whoa, there you go. See now. How do you get things done in terms of writing with one-year-old and three-year-old? Oh, gosh. Very patiently. Very patiently and in small baby steps. So I usually, uh, I try not to, you know, be distracted when I'm around them. And if I'm thinking about writing, I'm definitely distracted. So I try to save most of my creativity for the hours of like 7.30 to 9.30 in the evenings. Uh, it doesn't always work out. I mean, it creeps into the pauses in the day. You know, I can't I can't really keep the thoughts at bay all the time. But right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> every night, though, every night I'm at it. And, uh, you know, I just try to be really patient with my goals. I'm all about perseverance. So I keep, mm. keep at it every day and eventually I get there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So engineering, what got what got you into engineering? Oh gosh, uh, it seems kind of like it's like a family thing, really. Uh, I actually I have three <laughs> older sisters, and we're all engineers. So by really? the time I got around, I was like, you know, this this seems like it works for everyone. So <laughs> I guess I'll give it a shot. And to be honest, I I got a full scholarship for engineering um, to go to Notre Dame, so it paid my way through school, which was which was really awesome. I think oh, I'm wow. actually probably. The least engineering engineer. I mean, you ask if you're going to ask me about the technical parts of a car or anything like that. I cannot help you. <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am. I'm much more of a words than a numbers person, but right, they let right. me pass somehow. So I, uh, I, I do enjoy my engineer, the engineering work that I do. But it is, it's a different world. Now, did you know you were going to get that scholarship? Uh, well, so my sisters, so like I said, I have um, two older sisters. They're, well, I have three older sisters. Um, they're all engineers. Two of them uh, went ROTC in college and through ROTC, they, they got scholar, they also got um, ROTC scholarships and athletic scholarships. So I kind of followed in their footsteps and I was like, I, I really want to get a scholarship too. So I think I'm going to go that route. And, um, so I, I, you know, I applied and I just, it just really worked out. I'm so grateful. Um, so ROTC gave me the scholarship and I also got partial fencing scholarships. So I was really fortunate. Wow. That's amazing. So the, um, yeah. so the ROTC also help uh, mold your path into going into the military? Yes, ROTC um, is the Reserve Officer Training Corps and the, it basically works. Um, a lot of times they pay your your tuition, you know, and then you have a four year commitment after you get out of school to go into the service and be an officer. So that's how that works. Mm. So then you got on top of all that, you're also <laughs> you have all, all the athletic um, accolades. You have the, the 
four-time All-American fencer, ultra-marathoner, triathlete. So how, how'd you get into all those things? <laughs> One at a time, really. I, I, uh, so <laughs> I started fencing when I was 12. Uh, I just thought it would be an interesting thing to try out. And I lived in Louisville at the time with my parents. And there just happened to be a really great sensing club uh, in the local area. I went and tried it out. And the Polish Olympic coach uh, had come over and he was teaching teaching kids how to fence. And it just so happened that I had a knack for it. Uh, I kept at it. And um, I I was on I did the, the national circuit for several years. And then I started fencing internationally in high school. I made the, um, the under 16 world championships team when I was in high school. And then I got recruited to go fence at Notre Dame. So that was wow. and they, had a, they had a great team. I mean, uh, we we fenced. I fenced with the Olympians, uh, Garrick Meinhardt, uh, Kelly and oh, Courtney wow. Hurley. So they're um they're all medalists now. I mean, it's just an amazing team, and uh, I was really fortunate to be a part of that team. And we, my senior year, we won the national championship, which was amazing. And uh, also throughout throughout, I got um every year I get to go to NCAA's, and I managed to uh become an all-american so uh yeah so a lot lot of time a lot of time and a lot of hard work really paid off there in the end oh and then so that was fencing so that was that was chapter one right (laughs) So, so then when i got out of school so when i finally finished uh when i finally finished fencing I, you know, I had taken up so much time. I mean, I, 10 years of my life totally dedicated really to fencing. Like, every, you know, every evening I was in the gym and all the weekends I was at tournaments, just, mm. I really wanted to do something different. You know, I was like, I, I love fencing. It was great. I learned so much, uh, but now I'm ready for my next chapter. So, but I'm used to being busy, right? I have to do something. So I started to run and I really fell in love with running, but I'm not fast. I'm so slow. <laughs> so I'm just like, what am I going to do? I'm so slow. But you know what? I can keep running. So I, I did a half marathon and I was like, oh, wow, that was amazing. What, a, what an incredible, empowering experience. But I'm never, I'll never do a marathon. That's like, that's for crazy people, you know? And then I was like, you know, I, I think I could do this actually. You know, I, I could do that. So I, right. I ran a marathon. And then after I ran the marathon, I, um, I, I saw that Disney World does the, it's called, it was called the Goofy Challenge at the time where you run a half marathon the first day and a marathon the second day. And I was like, you know, if I go really slow, I bet I can do that. <laughs> so, I, so I gave it a shot and I did that. And then I read this article and the article said, if you can run, you know, basically 10 miles on day one and 20 miles on day two, you can run, you could run 30 miles if you tried. I was like, hmm, well, that's wow. interesting. I was like, so maybe I could run 50 miles, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot and tried it out, made it. And at that point I was like, you know, I wonder how far I could go. I really wanted to find my limit. You know, what's, what's the boundary of this? So I, I did a hundred K and then I tried the hundred mile and I will tell you the hundred mile was my limit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I finished, but it was painful. It was rough. Really? Yes. Oh man. Staying up through the night was, that was, that was a tough competition. So I was really ultra marathons were awesome. Also, that was a very interesting period of self-discovery and about mental mental strength and how far people, how far people can really go. But once again, that's kind of a chapter that we're kind of, we're turning the page again. And, uh, I moved down to, when I moved down to Florida, there's a big track, there's a lot of triathlons around here and, so I got into that and I did a half Ironman, um, a couple of years ago, which was really awesome. And one day I hope to do mm. an Ironman, but that's, uh, I'm, that's kind of I, in the future still, <laughs> I, I, need, I need a little more time to, to, to train up for that. So that's where all that comes in. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> so. Doing all that, when when did you find time to write, to start writing? (laughs) So writing was another thing that just kind of almost, it happened so uh, fortuitously, I guess. You know, when I graduated from college, uh, there was, I knew I was going to go active duty, but they couldn't tell me when. They basically said, 
well, you're going to go active duty sometime between graduation and next year, but we don't know when, but be ready to go at any time. Mm. And so I really was kind of left hanging. I was like, oh, well, what do I do? So actually I, I went, I went home to my parents and actually I got out of the car and my mom was like, oh, welcome home. And I actually started to cry. <laughs> it was like, no, I don't want to come home. <laughs> you know, oh. I was, I'm supposed to spread my wings and, you know, go out in the world. And here I am back at home. So I was kind of like, I got a part-time job and I, I didn't, I just didn't know what to do with myself. You know, and my dad, he just got so tired of me moping around. He's like, you know what? you have time right now, create something. And that was like mm. a light bulb for me. I had never, I mean, I had been doing all of these things. You know, I'd be fencing and I'd been running and I'd do engineering, but I had never really thought about exploring that creative side of myself. And I was, it just was like, you're right. You are, you are hundred percent right. So, and I've always, and I had been reading, I had been reading so much that words were just coming out of my ears. It seemed like, but I couldn't, I had, I had this dissatisfaction that I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't find the story that I was looking for. So I was like, man, you know, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write the story that I want to read. And wow. uh, so I, I about took me about three months and uh, I, it actually worked out that just as I was wrapping up, it was time to go back to duty. So uh, they, I got my orders and, you know, I almost closed the book on that for, I actually did for a long time. I was like, you know what? I wrote a book. That was, mm. that was enough, you know? <laughs> so I was, I was actually, I was 22 and I was like, uh, I, I'm, that's, that's that one chapter that I'm, I'm done with and I'm going to start my career, you know? And, uh, I, I'm, I, I had to get my master's. I had a lot of other stuff that I needed to do. So, you know, that was, that was nice, but I think I'm done with that for now. And so I, I did, that's when I got, I got my master's and I started the ultra marathoning and I started my career. I met my husband. I had, you know, I started a family and then I started to slow down again. <laughs> I came to another <laughs> almost, almost pause in my life where I, I was wondering what I should do. Like, what, what, well, what should I do next? You know? And, uh, my mom has been kept reminding me about the book. Oh, what about the book? You know, the book you wrote, the book you wrote. And I was like, mom, you know, <laughs> And it's not good enough, you know. I don't want to do anything with that. But I picked it up again. I, I picked it up and I read it. And I said, you know what? This isn't so bad. <laughs> you know, I, I need help. It's the first draft. I mean, let's give it that. But I right, think right, I could, right. I think this, this, I still love this. You know, I still love this story. And I think I want to work on this. And um, so I picked, so that was in, uh, let's see, that was right after my, son was born in 2016 when I started to do that. And, uh, from, yeah, from there, I, so I, I revised it, I, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm going to try to give this a shot. And I, I sent it out to agents thinking, well, you know, I'm never going to hear back or anything. So I'm just going to send this out in the void once again, just to say, say I did it. I'm a huge person that just loves saying I did it. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually that's like enough for me to check that box. I love checking boxes. Right, and right. I had a full request in 24 hours. And that oh, was wow. kind of like a, whoa, <laughs> whoa, if someone else thinks that this might be good, you know? And that's right. when I really, that's when I really was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to explore this, you know? And I, I found the writing community on Twitter and they sucked me in and I have never looked back. <laughs> wow. So, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you when you started going down that path, was that the path you always wanted to do the go the traditional publishing route? You know, it's the only path I really knew about. Well, I I knew about self publishing, but I didn't know any of the how. You know, so I had mm -hmm. my my dad. Uh, he had actually written a short story a long long time ago, but um, he so he kind of mentored me. You know, pick up. Um, uh, this book, you know, that has all this list of agents and publishers and, you know, just send it out and see what happens. So that's, that's the only thing I knew about at the time. So that's what I tried first. Cause I figured, you know, why not I'll give it a best shot. So that story, was that the short fan fiction, the one you completed, or was that the novel that you're coming out with in March? That's the novel. That's Odriel's Heirs that comes out in March. So that's the that's the real the book baby. 
<laughs> so um the other the other f- fan fiction and flash fiction mm-hmm. uh, how how did that uh come about how did you reach out to those platforms or did they reach out to you so uh so i so i wrote odrio's airs and i revised it and um, then i started sending it out to agents and you know a lot of them came back saying you know this i i like it but it's not it's just not quite right for us so i was getting a little discouraged and, um, and I was having my um, second son and I just didn't have the energy. You know, I was like, I was pregnant and then I had a newborn and I was like, I really, I, I can't, I don't have enough focus and energy to really work on a full size novel right now. Cause I mean, to work on a novel, it requires so much, you have to keep so much in your mind. You know, you basically right. have to hold the whole book in your head as you revise. And I just, I couldn't do it, but you know, I had been reading um, some, some books about, Specifically, I had been reading Stephen King's on writing and some other crafting, craft, writing craft books to try to to try to help myself, you know, since I'm a brand new writer, <laughs> very new. And uh, just Stephen King had said, you know, I started out writing short stories, you know, and I just kept writing, kept writing, kept writing. And I thought, you know, that's what I need to do. I I love in high school. I loved writing short stories, uh, and so I was like, I know, I, you know, that's something I could do, and something that I could enjoy, and it's short. You know, I, I could actually write a short story maybe on my phone while I'm here holding this baby. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's what I did. I actually I wrote uh, my three short stories. I wrote The Third Eye, Wild Demand, and Saving Sloan, pretty much all while I was holding my son, and uh, and then I, I sent those out. But actually, I waited to send those. I waited to send those out. So I, I wrote them. And then once again, I I just wasn't feeling confident about it. You know, I, I was like, I'm not sure if, you know, this is the quality that people will want. You know, where do I send it? And so I waited and then I started to write flash fiction. I, I found uh, these these photo prompts where you write 100, 100 word stories, which was really cool. Mm. And I started posting those online and people actually responded really positively to them and I was like oh wow you people like my writing you know this is this is new for you this is new for me this is interesting and so actually I started sending out my uh my flash fiction I think first and it was accepted and I was like okay wow (laughs) I can Mm. you know maybe maybe there are people who would like to read this and that's when I finally last May is when I finally sent out my first short story and um and got it accepted. It was the, the third eye accepted by Teleport Magazine. And that was a huge day for me that I really, that really gave me confidence going forward about putting my work out there. And uh, yeah, my all three of those short stories I wrote um, on maternity leave found homes. And then I started writing more flash fiction and those found homes. And then I finally, uh, I finally start was like, you know, this novel has got to go. It is like a 60 year old man that still lives with his parents, like that are 90 years old. <laughs> like we need to kick this one out the door. So right, that's, right. that's when I really started um, looking into self-publishing. Mm. So how, how has that journey been? Amazing, actually. So that was so the querying process is so mentally hard because you send out, you send out your, you know, your queries and then you wait, you know, you're like refreshing your inbox, hoping something will be there. And, and, you, <laughs> then, you get, and then you, if you're lucky, you know, you get some full requests, which I, I was fortunate enough. I got a few full requests and then it's another waiting game. It's like one month, two months, three months. It's like, okay. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> this is this is a difficult a difficult waiting game and and then you get the response you know oh this is good but just not right for us or right, you know i really right. liked i really enjoyed it but i just don't think it's unique enough to sell or something other that's kind of nice <laughs> but also not super <laughs> not super helpful and uh then i and then you have the people that just never respond you know so you're so you're thinking well maybe you know, maybe if I, should I wait some more or should I just call it quits? Right. You know, so that was, that was really hard. And I thought when I moved to self-publishing, it would feel like giving up. I thought, you know, is this is, this is me admitting defeat, I guess. But then I, when I actually started to look into it, um, 
And I started to, I, I made, I took the first step. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to get a cover because even, even if someone, even if I do, you know, get published or something, it would be cool to have a cover, you know, that I, you know, the, the cover that I wanted. And right. so I moved forward with that and it actually felt awesome. I was like, wow, I have a lot of power, you know, I, can, <laughs> I, I have all the control. I can get this cover. And then I started looking at, so I, I reached out to, to, um, the writing community on Twitter and Instagram and start asking for help. You know, how do you do this? I, I know a lot of amazing indie authors out there do this, but you know, could you give me some advice? And they pointed me um, towards the Readsy blog and they pointed me towards Amazon, uh, uh, Kindle direct. And when I started looking in that, I was like, wow, this is actually like pretty easy. This is doable. I can do this. And uh, so I, I started uploading and then I started, I looked into formatting, you know, and I started doing the formatting part and then the possibilities just seemed to open up in front of me. It's like, I can, I can commission an audiobook like through a, through uh, Amazon ACX. Wow. Like yeah. <laughs> I never, I never thought I could do something like that. I could get this in print. Like I can make an actual hard copy book. And then, I mean, so I was like, I have the power and that it just felt so freeing. I mean, it was so amazing to have some closure in sight. And I just felt like I really did. I believed in my book. You know what I mean? Uh, I, um, like even I had, I had always received positive feedback about it. Um, even from, even from the publishers and agents. So I felt, I felt pretty good about it. Uh, but it really was incredible to put it in motion, to finally like get it off that, that holding pattern. And we're actually, we're going somewhere. This is happening. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when you were going through that middle phase of the, uh, the queries and before you got to self-publishing, what kept you motivated? You know what I mean? Like you mentioned, you're waiting, you're, you're refreshing the browser. What stopped you from giving up at that point? You know, that, that one's tough. I actually, perseverance is what is my number one motto or my number one, um, it, that is my, my go-to just, it's what drives me, you know, like when I, I'm, like I said, I'm not fast. I am not the fastest runner but I can keep running. And even, even when I was a fencer, you know, I may not be the most talented fencer out here, but I can wear you down. I, I, you know, I, I am, I am tenacious. I will not, I am not the kind that, that gives up easily. And it, it is tough. I mean, you would have you on those days where you would get your, especially a full manuscript, a full manuscript, um, rejection. It does. It just takes the wind out of your sails. And I did, but you know, it's funny. I think to the writing community, especially uh, the writing community, I feel like actually really saved me. Um, because they're the, you know, I, I saw people going through the same thing. You know, a lot of people who have the same, who have the same love of writing and, and reading going, um, just going through the same process. And I really felt the support from them that, you know, I can, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Today is a bad day, but tomorrow could be better. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And someone actually um, posted something on my, on my Twitter that really was another one of those light bulb moments. And I think um, it's a Banksy quote and it's a learn to rest, not quit. And Mm. that just, resonated with me. I was like, you know what? That's absolutely right. Cause so, so what if I take a week off of writing? So what if I take a month off of writing? I can always come back just because you have to take a break does not mean that you have to quit, you know, so you can always come back to it. So that, that really kept me going. And honestly, I kept writing during the query process. Once I, once, like I said, once I had gotten into kind of the writing community, um, like that, I started doing the, uh, the November national NaNoWriMo, the, the national writing month. Um, and I, I kept writing and I was just loved it. You know, even if I didn't publish, I knew that I loved writing the story and writing the story for, for me was my number, was my number one, um, was my number one objective. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, publishing, 
meh. I'm still, the, <laughs> the jury's still out, but writing always. So that's kind of where I am with that. Mm. So you had this story, obviously you mentioned you, you, you created it years ago and then you, you continued it and it was always there. Uh, your family's asking about it. How were you able to decide what type of cover you wanted for such a um, milestone of a of a story for you? You know what I mean. It's number one. Is it 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 has years behind it. How did you know which what the cover design was going to be? And did you choose a cover designer or did you create it yourself? I chose the cover design. I actually I got a tip from someone on Twitter saying, "Hey, you know this is my cover and this is um." Actually, her name, my cover designer's name is Dominique Wesson. She is amazing. I looked through her stuff and I was like, it's got to be her. <laughs> she just, she is, has amazing work. And, you know, when I really, when I saw her work, I kind of had, I had the image in mind of my, my two main characters are, um, they're, they're foils of each other to a certain respect. And one, it has the power of fire and the other of shadow. So I knew I wanted to have both of those displayed almost kind of splitting the book you know mm. uh, split, splitting the cover in half and i'm so i'm so excited to to share it with everyone it's it's amazing <laughs> so what was what was that process like in terms of um your ideas did she get your idea right away or was it a little bit of work in terms of working with each other she did. I, I, I mean, I think it was definitely both. I, <laughs> I, I emailed her originally. I was like, okay, so you know, this is, I've never done this before. So this is what I'm thinking. And then I, of course I, I wrote her like a tome, <laughs> you know, this, this huge <laughs> monologue of this is what, you know, this is what they're like. This is what I think they look like. This is their personality, you know? And I, cause I really, of course I'm, I, you know, would love for her to be able to read my mind and see, see what I'm seeing. But also I, I, as she as the artist also has that it's her interpretation too, you know what I mean? Which is really right. super important. I feel in the artwork and, um, and she did a, she did an awesome job. I mean, when I saw it, I, I was my breath taken away. I, <laughs> I, I was just in love with, um, with what she had created. And I mean, I had little, little things here and there, but <laughs> they were, they were so <laughs> small. I'm sure she probably laughed, you know, about just the little details. Uh, so we worked on the little details, but she definitely had the intent. She knew what I was going for. So that was really cool to connect on that level. Cause I just, I am a huge fan of the visual arts and I do not have a whole lot of talent in that arena. So to, 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 to see, to see it, um, to see the novel bridging that gap kind of a little bit was amazing. Mm. So do you have a, a, a writing setup, like a, a weird writing ritual or is it pretty regular? I, a, a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny. I am a, I am a binge writer and I'm a binge reader and I cannot do both at the same time. So mm, I will, if really? I am, if I am writing a novel, I am writing that novel and there is pretty much nothing that is getting in my way. I mean, my, my husband has to remind me, he's like, have you, have you drink anything? Have you eaten anything? <laughs> like, are, are you going to sleep in the next week? You know, <laughs> you know, so that's, when I'm in the writing mode, it is like burn, like a burning need to write, you know? Um, but of course we have life, right? So I have, we have the kids or, you know, sometimes I have to clean the house or, you right. know, do chores <laughs> or school projects or what, or daycare projects, but you know, uh, whatever they need. Uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't always work out that way. And then of course, since I am an independent author or soon to be independent author, there is a lot of things that I have to do that have nothing to do at all with writing. You know, I have like, like the formatting or like, you know, revealing and editing and, um, Send, sending it out to uh, advanced reviewers, you know, trying to market. So I am wearing all of those hats too. So I don't always get to write uh, when I'm fulfilling those other roles. So when I'm not writing, when I'm not actually drafting um, a novel, I I try to do the one word prompts on Twitter and Instagram. I really like how those force me to be very um judicious in my word choice uh with the, mm. with their character limits and i feel like it's really strengthened 
uh, the punch of my, of my words, you know, trying to really refine, uh, those, those little story bites, I guess you could say. So I, right. and you know, it's funny because those have actually also blossomed into larger works too. So, uh, one of the, uh, I've written another novel since, uh, since I wrote, I've actually written two novels since I wrote Odril's Heirs. And one of them actually came from one of those little itty bitty, very short stories that I wrote on oh, Twitter. Really? And actually, yeah. And uh, one of my other uh, short stories, it's called uh, Hidden in the Deep. It's going to be published soon uh, with the free bundle. It actually also came from a little picture prompt on Twitter. So I find that as an excellent source of inspiration and just like a a creativity exercise. So when I'm not actually, when I'm not actually in the drafting road, I in the drafting mode, I'm still exercising those kind of little, uh, writing, writing exercises to try to keep myself sharp. So a lot of times my, my nights start off with one of those little prompts and usually I'll move on, you know, to other things, but that's kind of, that's kind of the little writing ritual I have when I'm not on fire with words, I guess you could say. <laughs> like what you hear so far make sure you never miss an episode of the fiction addiction podcast by clicking the subscribe button now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you thank you for your support now back to the show so ordriel's air what what genre does that fall under young adult fantasy my young favorite adult fantasy. <laughs> so what made you choose to write in that genre for your first book Oh my gosh, I love young adult fantasy so much. Uh, gosh, uh, I really <laughs> fell in love with um, with reading when I was around middle school age. And I just, I loved fantasy. I loved Garth Nix. I mean, Harry Potter. Uh, uh, I mean, Chronicles of Narnia. You know, I love going into a different world. I, Lord of the Rings. Gosh, I mean, there's so many... Avatar The Last Airbender, I could, I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just craved it. I could not get enough, you know? I just, and I love the young adult genre because I just love how much the, I love seeing a world from a young person's eyes, you know? Everything seems so new and kind of frightening still, you know? So the reader is almost learning with the main character about what what is this world? What is this place? You know? Mm. So I really love that perspective. And I love how much a, a young adult, a young adult main character has to, has room to grow and change. You know, they oh, yeah. really, as they're discovering this world, how, what does it do to them? You know, how, what, how much of a different person are they on the other side? So I've just, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with that. And I, like I said, when I was, when I was working part-time and, hanging out at my parents' house. I, I read so much young adult fantasy. I just, and I was like, I, I want to do this. You know, I, I have this story spooling in my head. I just, I have to get it out. And, uh, and, you know, I, I still read it sometimes. And, I, and I think to myself, you know, even if no one else likes this, you know, I, I love that. <laughs> I love this story. You know, this story was, was for basically 13 or 14 year old me. You know what I mean? I wrote it mm -hmm. for me. Um, definitely. So I mean, it holds a special place in my heart and um, I'm excited to see what other people think too. Now, are there any other genres that you uh, feel passionate about when you see yourself writing a novel in? I love science fiction. <laughs> so science fiction <laughs> is my, my other love that I absolutely just can't get enough of. Uh, but it, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit intimidated because I just feel one of the things I love about science fiction is just how smart it is. You know, yeah, that creativity yeah, that yeah. Is, is just like how I, I often, when I'm reading good science fiction, I just think, you know, how do they think of that? I mean, just the, you know, the possibility of that and the, the unique things that people come up with just blow my mind. So I, you know, I've done a little bit of short story, um, a short, a short, two short stories now of, uh, some science fiction, but I, I would love to be able to write an, a science fiction novel one day. I do have an idea percolating, so I'm, I'm excited to give it a shot. <laughs> So what point of view, which one do you prefer to write in? 
I think for most of my works, I'm a third person kind of mm. kind of girl. Uh, I like um, I like being close, but not being so close as that I'm skewing you. You know, mm. if I'm speaking, if I'm speaking in an eye, you're getting my slang. You know, you're 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 getting my <laughs> my innermost thoughts that I you know I I probably don't want to I don't want you to know. And I do like that. I like that uh, for something that is very modern. So, it, like, if I if I don't um, if I don't need to describe the world to you. So, I if I was to write a contemporary young adult uh, that is in the, that is set in modern day, I think I would write it in first person because you already know where we are, you know. So, I don't I don't need to go out of my way too much to describe this world to you. You we're we're both familiar, but in a fantasy world. I really like third person because it does let me let me show you what else we're seeing. You know what I mean? It might not seem it might not seem um, noteworthy, you know, for the main character because they live there. But for you as the reader, I want to I want to show you the whole picture. I don't just want to you know, I don't want you to see it straight out of the main character's eyes. And I think that goes for for science fiction as well, unless I unless I have a point, like unless I'm, I'm making Unless there's a very specific reason that I'm going first person, third person is my is my usual go-to. In fact, <laughs> and my husband thinks this is silly. Sometimes, even when I'm going about my normal day, sometimes I'll be like, "How would I narrate myself doing this in third person?" Which is just <laughs> <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> he makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because that that could even help you as a writer. Like, you know what I mean? Thinking about the everyday narration of your own life right I, you know i've actually been doing that since i was in seventh grade i remember i remember telling my my teacher that i did that i think even she thought i was a little odd <laughs> i was like i can't help it i just i read so much everything is in third person <laughs> that's crazy so what, what is one tip that you would give um an aspiring author out there any tip that you think is valuable Oh my goodness. I would say, you know, it's funny. Uh, I love, I, so I love the musical Hamilton. Love it. And oh, yeah. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is just a genius. And one of the things I, I heard him, I saw him say to a reporter about when they had a similar thing is that he said, you know, no matter how good the first draft is, don't underestimate how good you know, the second or third or fourth draft will be, you know, how, be how much better you can make it. And oh my gosh, that, once again, that just like spoke to me. I feel that in my bones because I mean, like I said, I wrote the first draft and I was like, oh man, I mean, this, I'm so glad I did this. This was a great accomplishment, but ugh, it's just not good. And it wasn't good. It was not good. You know, first drafts are not good, <laughs> but you know, that's why you revise. And it's amazing how, how much better it can become, you know, that's really the first draft is just the seed. You know what I mean? And if you really take the time to really nourish it, you know, it's amazing what can grow out of it. I mean, the story that I'm publishing next month is so different than the one that I originally wrote. I mean, the characters, the characters in their core are the same. The theme at its core is the same, but all the little details are just they've totally almost taken a life of their own. You know, it's the first, the first draft, I was just trying to get it down. I was trying to get it down. I was trying to get, get the bones, you know, and, mm -hmm. and if, and bones can be good, but they're just bones, you know, you need everything else too. And after I, I don't know, I don't even know what draft I'm, <laughs> I'm on now, you know, <laughs> 12, 20, 25, <laughs> I don't know, but it's a lot. And, it's just, it has grown so much. I'm, it's come so far. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting. Even though it, it takes, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of work and it's going to take some time, but it is a very fulfilling journey. And I just want anyone, anyone that does it, you know, I, I have this saying that I tell myself it's, um, start, learn, persevere, you mm. know, you're not, you're not going to be good when you start, but you can learn anything. And if you hang on, if you are tenacious and you are, you know, in this pursuit and you really believe in it, then you will get better and you will get to where you're wanting to go. Oh, Misty. <laughs> <laughs>
So, Ordreal's heir. I want to dive into the synopsis right quick. Yeah, let's this, go. This, 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 this stood out to me. So, it starts off, the brave, burning with fire, harness the dragon's rage. Mm-hmm. Then we go into... I'm just going to read it. (laughs) (laughs) As a dragon heir, 17-year-old Kaya inherited the power of flame to protect her homeland from a godlike necromancer undead army. But after centuries of peace, the necromancer has faded to myth and the dragon heir is feared by the people. Persecuted and cast out, Kaya struggles to embrace and control her seemingly useless gift while confined to her family's farm. But when the necromancer's undead terrorizes the land once again, Kaya runs away to join the battle. With the help of her childhood rival, the handsome shadow heir, and a snarky cursed cat, Kaya must figure out how to control both her fire and her confidence in time to save Karia. If she fails, she will sacrifice her family, her new friends, and the enchanting world she has only just begun to see. And time is running out. When I say, when I read that, I was like, I need to read this book right now. Like, oh my God. So, synopsis are some authors' worst enemy. How did you? How were you able to put together something so beautiful? You know what I mean? And, and when, when you, as a synopsis. Well, first of all, I wish you could see my face right now because I am smiling so big. <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, but, <laughs> thank you so much for those kind words. I mean, really. But uh, you know, I think part of it too is is doing all that flash. You know what I mean? When you write flash mm, fiction. Yeah. Every word matters. Everything is intentional, you know? And like, uh, when I, when I, even when I'm, you know, it's funny cause I write flash and then I revise it. I mean, it's not like I just like, Oh yeah, this is good. Even, even my super, my very short stories that are, you know, 280 characters on Twitter. I revise those, you know, cause one mm. word can make, makes, will change a sentence. One word will change a sentence. One sentence will change the idea. You know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like that practice really helped me uh, able uh, grow and um, be able to condense it down to you know just what what is the essence of we're ta- that we're talking about. And, uh, and yeah, so it really helped me out, and I'm really glad that <laughs> that you enjoyed the final product. That's awesome. Oh yeah! Oh my god! When I <laughs> especially not. The start of it, I was like, oh, wow, what we got going on here? But when you ended it, and I was like, oh, in the chanting world, she has only just begun to see. Think of a 17-year-old uh, girl, and then you're like, and time is running out. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, why do you do that to me? <laughs> so um, do you do you write the synopsis first or after like when when did you write yours because i know so many authors had so many different styles right right actually i write mine so i i wrote mine um when i when i wrote my first query letter uh, and uh mm. which my first query letter was terrible in case you're wondering it was awful <laughs> <laughs> and uh and from there i you know and i was putting together those query packages i had to write this up and i was this is all new to me like write a summary what is that let me google this you know <laughs> what about what am i doing here and uh so that's when i first did it and you know when i really started thinking about it though was when i had to write my first twitter pitches which at the time twitter was you know only 140 characters and i had to boil it down to a tweet and i and that was like uh what are what are we doing here <laughs> what, what can i say in a tweet how many words is that is that like right, right. 20 words and so that was and i actually i asked i asked an agent i was like well how do you how do you get better at this you know how do i because there are some there were some amazing pitches i mean just in 20 words someone could capture you you know i was like so how i want to do that how do i do that and mm. they said, write 50 pitches and pick one, <laughs> you know? Mm. So I, 
I, I did. I was, I was like writing, I, I wrote it in as many ways as I could possibly think of. And honestly, that really caged me to what, what, what I was going for. And, um, what, and at that point I was like, okay, you know, I really, I, I get where we're going here. And it actually really helped me with my revision because like, this is where I, I want to get to. This is, this is it. But I actually, I have to go back and revise a little bit too. Cause I, I don't think I, I'm exactly meeting where I want to go yet. So I think it was really cool because the writing a summary was really cool. Cause it does make you, uh, see, you know, step back, get out of the trees and see the forest. You know, that's, mm. that's what writing the summary does. And sometimes you seeing the forest is a totally different perspective. And you're like, man, you know, we were, we were in the trees for a while. And then we kind of actually like veered out into this desert that I didn't want to go to. And we need to get back to the trees. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so I, I wrote it after now I would definitely write it after my first draft. I, after my first draft, I think that's a crucial part of my revision stage now is, uh, what, what does my summary look like? You know, what, what is my, what is my ultimate journey here? And that'll take me into my revision and the changes that I need to make. The The first draft mm. is your idea. The the summary is your, your kind of revised roadmap, and then you get back into it. Mm. So your book is based in a location called Ocaria. Mm -hmm. so, so break down that world to me. Ocaria. So Ocaria is, it's my favorite things about so many, so many fantastical places that I've, I've read about, or I've even dreamt about seeing, you know, or maybe even heard in the story. I, I really wanted to create a place that was seemed familiar and yet like someplace that you could walk for a century and still find new and magical things that surprise you. I absolutely wanted this mm. feeling of just total wonder. Like what, what, what does this place hold? I wanted a place that still had mystery, you know, and I, but I also wanted a place that was dangerous because I, I love, I love the idea of magic. I'm right. I'm white. I'm a young adult fantasy nerd. I love magic, but I, I love that magic has this dark side, you know, it's this powerful force, which can be used for good or evil. And I wanted a world that definitely held those both in equal parts. Um, so that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I wanted to create and what I wanted Kaya to walk into, you know, and try to navigate on her path. So how did you know um, actually creating the, the physical drawing of the, uh, the world? How did you know exactly what you wanted it to look like, how you wanted it to look like, where you wanted certain areas to be? The map, right? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the map was, was really cool. Cause, you know, there, you, there are so many details that go into, you know, creating a world and creating a story. And one of them, of course, is, okay, you know, especially on a, a journey like the one that they go on is where are they going and how long does it take them to get there? And, you know, what is this geography look like? And I just, I love maps in general. I think they're, they're really, um, tantalizing, you know, like, Oh, all the places we could go. You know, every time I look at a map, I just, I want to go to all the places, <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> so yeah, creating, creating the map of Ocaria was, was really cool. And, uh, I definitely, you know, it's interesting too, because Ocaria, uh, has, has, they, they get in their, in their journey, they do see a lot of Ocaria, but there is so much of Ocaria that they don't see, you know, and I, I think mm. you get that feel on the map. That's kind of what I wanted. I wanted to show too is yes, you're seeing this world, but this is just a piece. There is so much more, you know, behind oh, wow. this one story. This is, this is a land of a million stories, you know? So that's, that's also one I, what I wanted to convey to you. Mm. So what do you, what, what do you think is in a writer? Like yourself in terms of fantasy, right? I know you 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 mentioned it in sci-fi, and as soon as you said it, I'm like, because you say <laughs> the way sci-fi writer is, is, is something special, sci-fi writers, but I think it's also something special with fantasy writers as well. Because how do you reach that level of creativity to like create a whole world 
and like names and character names are so is so much creativity that goes behind it. What what's the driving force behind it? You know, it's interesting because I think it start it starts with we. You know, it's funny because some people will say write what you know, and then fantasy writer all all the fantasy writers just laugh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure, I'll write what I know, <laughs> but uh, I think it I think it does start with what you do know. You know, I did start this book based on my experiences. You know, and my experiences not necessarily with you know, this magical place, but my experiences as being, you know, a young, a young teenager, maybe, you know, maybe who seemed a bit younger than everyone else going out into the world and just being unsure, you know what I mean? Having this, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on right now. You know, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm, I'm supposed to, I have this responsibility to do all these things and how am I going to do that? You know, and I really wanted to give that to Kaya too, because it's interesting because I feel like young adults sometimes, young adult has evolved. I mean, we have so many adults like myself that, that love to read young adult. And I feel like young oh, adult yeah. is actually trending towards being written for those adults that read it, which is not necessarily something that I wanted to write a young adult novel for a young adult. You know, I wanted to write it for someone who was experiencing those same kinds of uncertainties, you know, and, um, and kind of coming into the, coming into a world that they didn't know. And, uh, you know, on all the responsibility, you know, I, as a, as, as a, uh, I was a fencer, you know, at, at Notre Dame on the, um, on the fencing, on the fencing team. And I was, uh, one member of a 12 person team and, you know, you go to the national championships and there is an expectation that you will perform and it is heavy, <laughs> you know, and it seems, it may, I mean, it may seem, it may seem trivial to some, you know, some people, but I mean, to a 17 year old girl, you know, that fencing is your whole world and everything is riding on you. I mean, it's a huge that's huge. You know, it just, and if you don't come through, I mean, how the, cr the crush <laughs> that you feel and, um, especially uh, the disappointment, you know, from your teammates and your coaches is just, it's an incredible thing to experience. Um, and I think I also gave that to Kaya and, and her experiences too. And so that's, that's actually, that's where it started, right? Um, my experiences as, as, uh, an athlete with that kind of, with that responsibility, that responsibility of a team and my experience as, you know, a young adult going out into a world that I felt <laughs> was totally brand new to me. And other <laughs> than that, like from there, uh, you know, I feel like I actually even had trouble with it at first in trying to really cultivate my creativity because I, I felt like I was, I was bringing in all these things that were familiar. And my, my dad, who was the first person to read it, um, for me and was kind of my first editor. He, uh, he really had some great advice, you know, and you need to think bigger, you know, be, think, make something new. I want, I want something new, you know, don't give me anything that's that's been rehashed or that you heard before. This is your world and I want it to be unique, you know? So he, and he really did, um, he really did encourage me to, you know, just keep, keep thinking, you know, it's like, sure. I've, I've heard of elves and goblins and dwarves, but you know, how could I make these things evolve? You know what I mean? What, what, what if, you know, it was like this, you know, or, you know, what about this situation? And, uh, you know, it's like almost like mixing the map. You're, you're crossing the streams, right? What if I cross the streams of fantasy and create something totally, totally new? And it is mm. something that takes practice. You know, it's not like it's funny because you think creativity is just something that some people have. But it really is another thing that just the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it, you know. And it's it really is a, an exercise of taking yourself out of this world and putting yourself in a place where everything is possible. So you need to explore, you know, the bounds of possible. Now, is it, is that, does that create pressure for you as a fantasy writer too? To, um, because 
you know what I mean? You 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 wanna expand someone's imagination as they read the story. Is that pressure on you to uh to push your creativity? Because like you said, they the dwarfs and they have so many type of characters, but to create it in a different way, do you feel pressure to do that? Or would you be okay um using some of the standard characteristics they're known for in fantasy? You know, I think I'd be okay using traditional characters too. I just making sure that you're using them in a new way. You know, it has it has to mm. be fresh. You know, so you have to be doing something different. But you know, mixing the old and the new can definitely have a have a new take too. So I think everyone has a different style. You know, and I think you know everyone has a different taste. So I think if you you know you do what like I said um, for me especially, I'm going to write the story for me. Uh, and, um, first, <laughs> and if other people enjoy it too, that's an also an incredible feeling, but so writing the story, you know, that, that feels right and true for you uh, and fits your style and fits your, you know, the, what, um, the story and the themes that you're going for. I think that's most important and, um, you know, and then everything else we can, you know, you can make it fit. You can make it fit. Right. Uh, but it just it just takes some uh, creative rearrangement a lot of times. <laughs> so what what um what's your family's reaction to you actually your first novel uh coming out? <laughs> uh, it's hard to gauge sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember when I started writing. Uh, you know, I I started writing. And I told my dad, you know, because my, my dad's a pretty creative person, too. And he was like, oh, that's good. You're writing. You know, that's, uh, that's awesome. And then I kept at it. And he's like, so what are you writing? And I'm like, well, I'm writing a novel. And he was like, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think he I think he was thinking that I would start small. You know, like maybe I would write a short story or something. But it was like, no, right. we're going straight for the novel. And, you know, I think that surprised him, you know, and and. uh and actually, so I come from a family of engineers, so it's a little foreign to them. I think in general, the, um, uh, the whole writing thing and kind of the creative, the creative side is, is new for them. Uh, they're, so my parents have always been very supportive. I actually didn't tell my sisters until, uh, I don't know, probably a, a year or so ago. And I, I think they were a little, a little shocked, you know, but very excited. <laughs> very excited for me uh like i said it's not there i <laughs> i think it's very foreign to them so they you know they don't really um they're like you know they, they're like oh that's good but it's kind of just a hobby you know and, and that's kind of how it, mm-hmm. it was treated like uh like anything else so i feel like my biggest supporters and this may be kind of strange is actually my the writing community on social media uh my absolutely uh, <laughs> Uh, my the like my because they get it you know they get the like-mindedness and my husband my husband's awesome I mean he will read anything I put in front of him uh but I, there are a lot of times where he comes back he's like yeah I read it but I don't get it <laughs> like, you didn't get it <laughs> you know and, and, and then because he, he's an engineer too and then I'll I'll uh, send it out to some of my writing friends on uh, on Twitter, Instagram. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I I totally get where you're going. And, you know, maybe this is what you can do to help. Because even sometimes I'll be like, hey, can you help me brainstorm? And he'll be like, what are we doing? Like, he's just totally, he's like, right. I, don't, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> where do we start? So I, they're, they're very supportive in a, in a very, um, non-specific way i guess you would say so uh, their encouraging words are, are good but i'm so thankful to the writing community for their more specific hey i think you should change <laughs> this and this is where you right. need help and that sort of thing so what are your feelings because march is right around the corner what are, what, what are your feelings right now in terms of the launch of the book I am so excited. I'm very excited. And uh, so I actually, uh, a, a month ago, I started sending out uh, advanced reader copies to book bloggers, which was also a huge step for me. And the first review came in, I don't know, about two weeks ago. And that was a huge moment. That was, I mean, because it was funny because I told my mom I was doing that, right? I was like, mom, I, you know, I'm sending 
sending the book out to the book bloggers, you know, and like kind of feeling like I just fed it to the wolves, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, maybe you should wait until you get a review back before you send it to more. And I was like, mom, you know, come on. It's, it's going, it is, you know, we're, right. we're taking this, I'm, we're doing it. And yes, yeah, so I send, I send that to a lot. And when those first reviews came back and they were just glowing, I mean, the feedback I got from absolute strangers, right? People I had no, no connection with that had loved the book was just incredible. And I think at that moment I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, cause before then, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know what people are going to think about it, you know, because I mean, my, you know, I've had my family read it and I, I did, I hired an editor and stuff, but you know, you just don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. And then once the reviews start, once the book bloggers started posting their reviews, uh, I started feeling like, oh my gosh, okay, this is, this is real and it's going to be amazing. So, mm. so that's, <laughs> I'm so excited. I just, I feel like, you know, it's funny whenever I've, when I told you about when I did ultra marathon and I do fencing and stuff, I always like, I always like, well, well, you know, this is the, this is the end of that chapter and this is the next page. But when, as far as this book release goes, I feel like this is my, this is the beginning, you know, this isn't, it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. an end. It doesn't feel like an end of the chapter. This feels like the beginning. And that is an incredible right. feeling. Hmm. So, so what can we expect after the book launch? Um, what can we expect from, uh, from you in terms of writing? Well, you know, I, I have, I have two books. I have, um, a code name Cinderella and I have the gatekeeper son, which, uh, I, they're about finished with the first drafts of both of those. So I'll be revising those. And, um, actually I'll be, uh, working on the sequel to Odriel's Heirs. It's called Idriel's Children. And, you know, I'm not, my only question right now is which one of those, which one of my book children is going to get, you know, number number one priority. But in, in general, it's, um, it's my goal to publish one book a year. So uh, I'm definitely hoping, and I think with all this, I'm hoping thinking with all this positive response to Idril's heirs that I think I'm going to have to uh, put Idril's children first, which is super exciting. I could not be more thrilled to be coming back to Okaria and uh, jumping into that story. <laughs> uh, so I'm really, I'm hoping I'm putting, I'm planning on an Idril's children release in uh, 2021, but between here and there, you'll probably see a lot of my, a lot of my flash and a lot of my little short stories on, on Instagram and Twitter, if you if you ever t take a peek, uh, I do get on my get on my poet vibes too here and there. So lots of lots of different little dabbling, but Idril's Children twenty twenty one is what's going to happen. Mm. So what's what what is a thing? I'm trying to think that is in like the fantasy writer community that you guys know you do intentionally to readers that you that you get a kick out of because it seems like like um crime thriller authors they truly enjoy killing characters <laughs> that they know a reader will love <laughs> so what's, what's like the fantasy thing of uh, that fantasy writers do huh that's an interesting question i mean because i feel like the killing off of of like beloved characters is kind of like a writing thing in general i, I think i see that all across the board you know especially like with the whole game of thrones situation going on i feel like that's that's definitely <laughs> rampant in uh in lit right now but uh, isn't that, I mean, uh, the thing I love about fantasy too is it's so wide, right? You have urban fantasy and high fantasy and you even have like, you know, the science fiction fantasy thing going on. I mean, there's just, there is so much. I mean, to actually, to have a thing, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I feel like, I feel like every, you know, I, I feel like every fantasy writer and maybe not, maybe most fantasy writers, they love, we all love our magic, right? That's like, that is our thing, maybe. <laughs> we all love magic. So we all have some, some, 
kind of current of magic that's running through our stories. But what that magic is, what it's up to, you know, how how you control it or how it controls you, that is completely unique. So I think that is our thing, you know, is uh, is what, what's this, what's going on with this magic thing and how, how does it work here, I think, is uh, is really runs through our veins a little bit. <laughs> so now we're going to jump into a little lightning round. <laughs> oh my <laughs> alright so warmed I, up I, here I, we go I always say 15 seconds or 30 no what is it 30 seconds but it, it never goes 30 seconds no, just, <laughs> it always goes over oh, man. for some reason pressure's um, on <laughs> so I'll give um, two options you gotta choose one uh, Ooh. each for, for lightning round but whenever you're ready you let me know <laughs> okay I think I'm ready. Hold on, hold on, let me go get a timer. That'll help. <laughs> All right. Let me see. I'm gonna set it for 30 seconds, even though I know we're gonna. Oh, everybody goes over 30 seconds. All right. So you ready? Challenge accepted. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm ready. And then, I, and then I started too soon. I pressed it too early. Oh, <laughs> now you're seconds. cheating. I see how this works. <laughs> now, I gotta, now, now I gotta reset it. All right, let me know, <laughs> let me know when you're ready. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Hit me. Windows or Mac? Ooh, Windows. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Physical books or ebooks? Ebooks. Texting or talking? Mm, texting. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Tea. Pen and paper or laptop? Laptop. <laughs> Standalone or a series? Standalone. Self publishing or traditional publishing? Self-publishing. <laughs> All right. I told you we got 45 seconds. I had to, I just had to know those last two. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's let, let everybody know where they can find you at, where they can contact you, where they can link up with you, um, and where they and where they can find your book at on March 1st. Absolutely. So you can definitely always connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Haley Reese Chow. And then I also have a website, uh, HaleyReeseChow.com. And I have an email list if you ever want to find out what's coming up. Uh, don't worry about the spam. I only send it out uh, when I have an actual published work coming out, which isn't very often, but it is coming out one <laughs> March. And you can find it, uh, the paperback and the ebook on Amazon and in the audiobook should be following around mid March. So be on the lookout for that too. Mm. All right, Haley, we appreciate you. Thank you for the amazing interview. You gotta join us again. When <laughs> yes, and thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.